You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, sponsored by Built Bar. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first order. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and I know you all will have noticed it's been silent on the airwaves this week. And that was a personal choice in regards to everything that has been going on. All the protests that have been occurring across the continent and across the world of movement that has provided already some much needed change and hopefully will provide a lot more and I I want to take this opportunity to just kind of say my piece on a couple of things that have emerged in regards to human rights and values that need to be shared. So I'm, I'm going to start with the bigger one, obviously, and that would be the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests in the wake of the George Floyd death, the murder, really, by the four cops in Minneapolis who deserve a justified punishment for their actions. The main cop should get life. But it it is unfortunate that that had to be the catalyst for something that is growing in strength and growing in power and has been able to do things. And I'm very happy to see Major League Baseball players you know, be able to share their stories and and shine lights on issues that have laid dormant for so long. And I I look at, you know, players who were able to to get out and march and, you know, former Blue Jays among them. You see guys like Kevin Pillar and, and Marcus Stroman going on Twitter. And, and shouting their support. You see Dwight Smith Jr. Uh, participating in a roadside protest with Nico Goodrum and be, being able to stand up and, and make themselves counted. You got former players like Dale Murphy in Atlanta. His whole family is coming out and, and lending their voice. Um, and you have current players who are taking those steps as well. Of course, Sean Doolittle is going to be out. Sean Doolittle is the best. But, you know, it's seeing seeing other guys who are out there too. Guys like Colin McHugh of Boston, who goes out there in a city that is notorious for being one of the sheetily racist ballparks and, and sheetily racist cities in the country. I mean, you, you think back to the Adam Jones incident where he had 
racial slurs shouted at him from the stands. You had Tory Hunter coming out uh, this week saying he made sure every contract included a no-trade clause to Boston just because of the words he would hear from the fans there and, and the disgusting slurs. And it's good that these conversations are coming out because they're very necessary conversations and, and very pertinent conversations in this day and age. And again, it is a shame that it took yet another, you know, unarmed black man dying to get to this point where we're finally having those conversations. I mean, we could have had them four years ago. Colin Kaepernick was taking knees when Bruce Maxwell of the athletics was taking a knee. Could have had those conversations then. How many men and women would still be alive if we were willing to have those conversations four years ago? You know, George Floyd might still be alive. Breonna Taylor might still be alive. Um... Tony McDade and and Nina Pop and countless others would still be alive. And I'm glad that at the very least we've gotten to the point where, you know, there is change being made. Minneapolis is disbanding its police force. Um, the New York commissioner has been relieved of duties he's gonna say he resigned but that's just to save face um police funding is being cut and rightfully so that money should be going to like education and and basic infrastructure and other things that don't involve buying armored tanks for a civilian police force and i'm glad that all this two-faced whataboutism is being shouted down. Um, for those of you who know my backstory in another life, I had an NFL podcast with a friend of mine, Tristan Garnett. Um, he's a friend of mine from from uh, sports journalism school, and we kept that podcast going for about a year and a half until I moved back home. And I I was a Saints fan. In that life. And I have a true breeze jersey because I that was my quarterback. So when he said the things he did on Wednesday, just proving how much he did not get the point of all of this, and still made it about the flag, you know. And I I grabbed that jersey and I threw it in the bag for the donation bin. Because I'm, I'm not going to burn it. That's that's a waste. That's bad for the environment. Stop burning things. But, you know, that it just took that second to, to disavow him. And yeah, he's he's gone back on it. He's apologized. He even went right after the Cheeto-in-Chief. And I appreciate that. And that does make me think that maybe he did learn from something about this. Maybe Michael Thomas and his teammates were able to talk to him. Still not probably going to help him with opposing players. I would go against the Saints in fantasy football this year. There's a free fantasy football advice. But it the fact that he even got to that point where he still thought it was about the flag 
just shows how easy it is to just stick your your fingers in your ears and be blind to this. Um, Joey Votto came out with an op-ed detailing how much he had to learn from this. And, you know, good Canadian boy, Joey Votto. But it shouldn't have taken this long to, to realize, you know, that things were not right. And, you know, if you're still having a hard time being like, I can't imagine what it's like to be black and and live like that. I don't know why they're they're going and protesting all that. First of all, how the hell did you end up on this podcast? I mean, that's that's an amazing trick that the SEO has pulled. So congrats. But maybe you have a friend or, or a family member who doesn't quite get it and doesn't see why people have to be out here. And I can tell you my my reckoning when it came to police brutality did not come this week. No, did not come when I came out. Came long before. Um, I'll tell you the story. I I was nineteen. I was uh, in between uh, sessions at university, and I was staying with my parents back home outside Truro. And I had some friends who I would play video games with and drink with and just, you know, do usual young adult things. So one night I was driving through Bible Hill. There were five of us piled into my tiny Honda Accord. Uh, don't know if you remember Honda Accords. This is a 93 model. It, it had no room. Like the roof was dented in so my head bashed on it whenever I drove over a bump. Um, so the five of us were piled in. And so we are making our way towards our friend's place in Truro. And we drive uh, up to a set of lights on Picto Road, uh, where Picto meets Vimy, if you know Bible Hill. And on the other intersection was a cop car. So I wait for my green... I go forward, and one of my friends in the back says, uh, the cop car is following us, and it has its lights on. I'm like, well, I didn't do anything. It can't be for me, right? So, you know, I I keep driving, and then he's like, no, I think he wants you. I'm like, all right, so... Um, to put this in perspective, Picto Road is a terrible road. It is narrow and t- curvy, and it makes no sense in the modern era. So I don't want to stop there and have friggin' cops coming over me. So I keep driving until I get to the uh, car lot at the bottom of Picto Road, where Picto meets Maine. And I pull over, and I, I pull in there. Cop car immediately pulls in after Another cop car had been following that cop car, pulled in after. Two more cop cars come screaming down Main and block off the entire car lot. And at that point, everyone in the car is freaking out. You know, a bunch of stupid white kids just trying trying to get through on a on a Saturday night in in rural Nova Scotia. All of a sudden, surrounded by cop cars. 
all the lights are flashing and the cop comes up and he's like do you know why i pulled you over i'm like no i didn't do anything wrong he's like well why didn't you stop back there when i had my lights on i'm like i didn't do anything wrong i didn't think you were after me and then i didn't want to stop in the middle of picto road he's like uh, do you have your license and, and blah 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 so no, I give him that. Cops are all sitting around like like they have they have hands on their on their belts. Like it's like they want they want something to do. But they can't really do anything cuz I'm clean. So eventually the cop comes back, gives me back my license. It's like haven't been drinking anything, have you? I'm like no. That's why I'm driving to a place so I can go there and drink for the night. Like, and you're not having open liquor. I'm like, no, there's no open liquor in this car. We can barely fit everyone in this car. And eventually he was satisfied enough that he left. And all the cop cars slowly pulled away. My friends stopped freaking out. And we eventually get to our destination. And... I think about that incident a lot. One, why the hell do you need four cop cars just for for one person? That was entirely unnecessary, an entirely stupid show of force. And then two, if I wasn't white, and I know that's a bit of a stretch in rural Nova Scotia, but if I was black, and if all my friends were black, and we're driving to our friend's place and you know we don't think we're doing anything wrong but the cop decides to pull us over anyway if i'm black i'm pretty sure he's not looking at me driving into the car lot at the end of picto road as something done for the sake of the community to keep traffic from flowing he's gonna think i'm resisting arrest he's not gonna be that cordial when he comes up to the car gonna drag me he's gonna drag my friends out of it probably throw us to the ground and charge us for resisting arrest for not even knowing that we had done anything wrong or or the fact that we didn't do anything wrong and then here's here's another facet of that story one of my friends was really nervous about that confrontation with the police because he had a significant amount of marijuana on him Now, at the time, marijuana was illegal in Canada. So, my friend would be looking at a significant fine. No. But, again, if he was black, not only is he arrested for drug possession and probably intend to deal, I'm arrested for being the driver. My friends are arrested for being accessories. And boom, that's five lives that would not be given a chance to do anything because the cops decided there's a car. I'm going to go get them. They're not doing anything, but I'm going to go get them. Spot check this. And it was that incident that basically made me never trust a cop. Because you don't even have to be doing anything wrong. If they decide we're going to get you. They're going to try and get you. 
And that's what they've been doing for years. And it's been unchecked until now. And it's about freaking time. Because they... What's the old saying? Who polices the police? Well, lately it's been no one. No one has policed the police. The police have acted without impunity. And it's time that they realize they can't do that. Because we don't live in a fascist state. Not yet. Not despite the best efforts of the Cheeto. But it's not a fascist state yet. They don't get to wield absolute power. That's that's a big part of these protests. Is, is just being able to be treated fairly. Not being profiled because of the color of your skin. That's... That's the big lesson I want a lot of white people who are listening to this to take away. And I know, I I really probably should not be speaking on this. You know, I should let my friend Tristan or, or someone else take the wheel. But I can I can only say what I can say. And I can only say from my own experiences on on how I feel about this. And that is what I feel. I feel this has been a long overdue cor- correction in the unchecked power that these forces have. And I hope I can do more to support it other than just, you know, throwing a few dollars for a donation or, you know, using my meager platform to try and talk about it. But... It's it's all I can really do. And, you know, if we all do what we can do, we, we've seen changes happen already and we can get more changes done to make this society a bit more equal and a bit fairer and not have armored tanks rolling down the streets to tear gas civilians. That's what I think. I've gone really long on this. I have another thing I have to say because of things that happened over the weekend. So I'm going to do that. But this is a sponsored podcast. So I would like to tell you that as mentioned at the top of the program, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the candy bar. Yeah, I know it's a candy bar, right? But it's also a protein bar. And what that does for you is it means you get a tasty treat, but you get something that is low in sugar, low in calories, but high in protein and fiber. So you can maintain your efforts to lose weight or or build muscle and still get those, you know, desserts that you are owed. Um, They come in 16 different flavors. They have chocolate, they have nuts. They're soft, they're chewy, they're pretty delicious. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now, and enter a promo code locked on. You get $10 off your first order, which, you know, that drops it down to the price of a candy bar. And it's a lot better for you. So go to builtbar.com, use that promo code uh, locked on. See, it's an easy one to remember locked on. Get that $10 off your first order and, you know, treat yourself to, to tasty, healthy desserts. You are Locked On Blue Jays, 
your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. And I did not want to take a lot of time on the second one because I'm going to give y'all one guess. One guess how I feel about it. Um, other major controversy when it came to human rights was a formerly beloved children's author deciding to spout off and basically say that transgender people don't have human rights, which, you know, just makes me feel really warm and fuzzy inside to hear a billionaire use her power to try and take away my rights. Who the hell do you think you are? Like... I mean, if you haven't figured out who it is, I mean, it's impossible to miss, but J.K. Rowling's been going down this route before, and she's been allowed to go down this route because Britain has fostered an insanely fertile nesting ground for turfs and transmisic people. And y'all have known my struggles when it comes out, I've talked about them on this podcast as an out transgender woman. I, you know, am directly impacted by this. I have had people who J.K. Rowling follows abuse the hell out of me and try to get me kicked off Twitter and basically use their position to lord whatever power they can get. And Twitter doesn't do anything about it. And I will say it's been very heartening to see a lot of people just straight up yelling at her. Just like, one, for the timing, because again, this is supposed to be about Black Lives Matter, not about trans lives not mattering. Two, just again, the outright trans behavior that she tried to brush off and failed so many times can't deny it now already going out there and she's like oh it's all right i love transgender people no you like the transgender people that agree with you that say they aren't really women so you don't have to treat them as such that's what you want you want the transgender equivalent of dobby you want a little house elf that'll have to do what you're told and just parrot whatever you want to say Because J.K. Rowling is the human equivalent of Fox News. She doesn't want to learn anything. She just wants to find the one person that'll agree with her and then trot them out ad nauseum. Until people just get frustrated. And, like I said, it... I, I am pleased that, you know, a lot of what she's said has hurt her. Immensely. I mean, not from the standpoint of, ooh, she lost a few Twitter followers, which, I mean, she still lost 100,000 Twitter followers, which is impressive. But, you know, just the, just the demotion of her to Orson Scott card levels of disgusting behavior, that, that does mean a lot. And she can, she can try to dig her hole. As much as she wants. But it's it's out there now. Again, you don't follow someone's abuser and expect to be given the oh, but I love you treatment. No. 
It's not how this works, Joanne. It's not how this works at all. And the deliberate misguiding of of your fandom, which now consists of a bunch of brainwashed, gender-critical people who are only serving to keep the patriarchal structures of society intact with their two-binary system. It just... It sucks that it's yet another thing that transgender people in the community have to deal with. All we want to do is just live our life and and go about our merry way. And and all you have to do is just say say the name we tell you to say. Like I mean, you can say your name is JK. I will call you JK. But of course you prove yourself to be this kind of hateful bigot, now you lose the ability to be called what you want to be called. Because you really don't get it. See, the fight for for equal rights is a zero-sum game. Where if I get rights, that means you lose rights. And if that's your worldview, then you have a horribly stilted view of the world and you need to educate yourself better equality is not a zero-sum game it is a it is a tide that lifts all people and if you're trying to fight that tide you're gonna lose it's rising and you can either float with it or you can drown willingly in the muck and that's the path she chose that's a path a lot of them have chosen. And, you know, again, this coming during Pride Month, just just another instance of her being so freaking tone deaf about things. And again, I hate that I have to talk about this. I hate, I hate that I have to talk about, you know, trying to defend my right to be who I say I am. I'd much rather be talking about baseball. But here I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna close by bringing it back to the original topic. Um, the Blue Jays were quite possibly going to only have one black player on their roster at the start of the season, whether it be Anthony Alford or Jonathan Davis, or quite possibly neither, which is sad. Um, but Anthony Alford did a great piece with Shai Davidi of Sportsnet that I urge everyone to read. Um, It's a great job of of putting a face to a lot of the things we've been talking about when it comes to this movement, when it comes to the demand for, you know, basic equal treatment that has been the theme of this week. And obviously he is much more well-versed on the topic than some white woman from Nova Scotia. So, again, I I urge you to check that out and, and continue to read and continue to educate yourselves on, on these issues because learning is the best thing you can do. That, that gives you empathy. That gives you compassion. And that's what we need 
for our fellow human beings in this time is empathy, understanding, and compassion. And that's how we get through this, and that's how we make the world a better place. Um, I, I really don't know how to segue off that to the end, but... Um, yeah, if uh, if you're not following me on Twitter already, you can do so at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are in there because Twitter is dumb on that and so many other things. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, however you get podcasts. You can subscribe and make sure you don't miss an episode, even when we have to talk about stuff like this. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays. And hopefully we will be back with an episode that, you know, is a bit more fun. I mean, in the virtual world, the Blue Jays just took three out of four from the Rangers with the help of a temporal anomaly that erased a terrible Saturday game. And Chris Woodward essentially Grady Little and Corey Kluber. So... And, and an inside-the-park home run for the first time in 10 years. A Blue Jay hits an inside-the-park home run. Which, I mean, that was... It was a nice little ray of sunshine. Maybe we'll have more of them. Um, for now, if you, if you want to... Um, if you want a lighter take on things, uh, tell your smart device, hey, smart device, play Locked On MLB, and you will get Sully. And Sully is great. He's a funny guy. Definitely worth a laugh. So check that out if you want a much lighter podcast than the one that you just heard. But until the next time, and again, hopefully it'll be a, a bit lighter in tone, but Until next time, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's almost baseball-less episode. And y'all take care. 